HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome to Processing, a show about the intersection between food and grief with your hosts, Sara Tangora and Bobby Conforto. On this show, we're going to really explore where grief and food intersect, how they go hand in hand, different people's experiences with their specific traumas and how food played a part from the beginning to the end of that experience. And how as individuals, we uniquely process life's traumas and losses through either the longing for, the creating of, the avoiding of, the obsessing over, and the eating of food. I remember right after Michael died, I still miss him, but I missed him so badly that night that I stopped at the convenience store on the corner and I bought a container of Ben and Jerry's Cherry Garcia. It's too sweet, you know, it's too everything. And I went home with it and I took it to bed And I thought to myself, gee, so this is my first menage a trois after Michael's death. (laughs) Me, Ben, and Jerry. And I ate the entire thing. What do you think your relationship to food was during times of crisis? I think that um, my sister and I use food to reward ourselves. I wish I had something more interesting to say, but definitely like spaghetti and meatballs and chocolate cake. (laughs) (laughs) My mom still can't eat rugula. It makes her too sad. I've also experienced a lot of loss, as has Bobby. And I think we really wanted to find a way where we could like work together. There's something that feels very compelling about doing a project with you, Mom, um, as just kind of a missing piece in life and just something we've always wanted to do but not known quite how. can't think of anything better myself. I think that, I mean, any conversation about grief, I think, prepares everyone for grief because there are so few conversations about grief. It's why I think that what you guys are doing is so important. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Fair Kitchens. Learn about the Fair Kitchens code and join the movement at fairkitchens.com. Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. We're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, January 22nd, 2020. 
This is the 239th episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, my guest is known as the Queen of the Bowery, and I will introduce her fully in a moment. First, as I do on every show, I will start out with my PR tip, and then later we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to keep family legacy alive. Do your part to carry on tradition and maintain what your elders have created. For old school, old school companies to survive, they need to have strong foundations and leadership and a willingness to adapt, grow, and change. Family businesses are special, but they certainly can be challenging in many ways. It can be hard to preserve the past while keeping up with modern times, but not impossible. So pass the torch to the next generation when you can, be proud of its light, and keep it all in the family. That's my tip today. Now I'm really excited to have my guest here with me in the studio. It is Lori Balter. She is the CEO of Balter Sales Company, a leading distributor of tabletop and food service equipment. Following in her grandfather and father's footsteps, Lori leads the company, which has been in business for 90 years. She has garnered national attention as one of the most successful women in the hospitality industry and developed a following as the Queen of the Bowery, collaborating and developing tabletops for top chefs and restaurants in the food service industry and making the Balter Showroom the place to visit for the latest looks in dinnerware, glassware, and flatware. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Shari. Thanks. Um, so happy to have you here. And I mean, it's incredible that Walter Sales Company has been around for a very long time. It's a very long time. Yeah. So, so how did it all begin? Like, with I, I mean, I always like to start with my my guest backgrounds, but I don't know if you want to dive into even your father's and grandfather's backgrounds of of starting the company. I can give you a little background. My grandfather came over when he was about eleven years old, and his family went to New Jersey, which he hated. So he decided that he wanted to go to Manhattan. And uh, little by little, he actually started buying real estate down on the Bowery because he couldn't afford to be uptown where the Rockefellers were buying and got into the business. And, you know, from years ago, the Bowery was really an area where there were restaurants and it was very lively and probably not a very nice place to be. But he uh, decided, let's sell some china. And that's how he started. And my uh, father and uncle came in to join him. And uh, my father had to go off to the war. And when he came back, he said, I'm going to take over because I don't really like what you're doing anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But he actually, they were really wholesalers, or I guess at the time it was like super jobbers, and they sold to other smaller distributors. And uh, that's how we started. Same space that you've been in? Same space, have not moved. I mean, we expanded. We got warehouse space out in... um, New Jersey, and we have a warehouse space in Brooklyn, but basically the Bowery has been our home for forever. It's amazing. Yeah. So did you know you wanted to get in the family business growing up, or was it one of those things that you didn't want to get in, but you sort of <laughs> got sucked in at some point? <laughs> uh, yeah, you do get sucked in, you know, because it's a family business. You know, summers were always, down, we were down working, and I, it's actually funny when you think about it, um, that I started from really the bottom. You know, I did, I used to answer the phones. I'd come in during the summer and do filing and 
just sort of observing. I loved hanging out in the warehouse. That was my favorite part because it was like a million boxes and different things to look at. Um, and when we, when I kind of started in the business, there really wasn't a showroom. We had this little sort of entrance office way with teeny teeny showroom, and it was all men in my in my uh, building. So it was kind of intimidating that I was the only woman in the office besides the billing clerks that were all girls. Yeah, well, maybe that mm. brings a bit to uh, your your name or your your <laughs> right. queen 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 name. <laughs> Queen of the Bowery, I don't know, it's sort of uh, maybe the starting point of it. <laughs> yeah, so I actually, I didn't start, I didn't start in the business. I graduated college and, you know, I was very stubborn. I, I think I wanted to be in the business, I really did. And my father said, you got to go out and get a job. So I got a job on Wall Street and I was selling tax shelters. And that was a worse business. It was all male dominated and they were terrible they didn't want to promote women and I did it because my father said you can't you can't get out unless you have another job and I waited and I waited and his purchasing agent got pregnant for the fourth time and he said do you want a job and I said yes so I started in purchasing and that just was so boring although I did learn a lot and then I asked him if I could go into sales and I started in the showroom and I started selling and around what year was this this was um, early 80s, early, and um, you know, it was very hard because no one respected women in the business. It really was a man's world, and I really had to prove myself with every man that was in the office. And it's funny, my first account was, um, it was lunchtime, and nobody would get up to help anyone during lunch. It was like the sacred hour. And this woman came in very, very elegant, and she wanted to... Uh, bring some new china into her restaurant and it turned out that she had a chain of restaurants and we became very very good friends and I ended up doing business across the country with her and it was uh it was incredible and she just was such a strong woman and you know you just you just wanted to uh work with her and all the guys were like oh okay you know, and then, and was, you, I mean, part of how you, I guess, started to prove yourself or make I a did. name for yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And then I started going out and doing outside sales. And, you know, that was a challenge because I really didn't know a lot about the business. But I took, you know, I, I said, let me just start with some big accounts, something that was close. You know, I would pick a hotel and I would just keep going until I got so annoying that they finally would say, okay, I'll give you some business. And, you know, just by being out and, and listening to people and learning, I found out about the different buying groups that the hotels were involved with. But what I learned was that, you know, if you could buy correctly, which was helpful with my, my purchasing background, it gave me an opportunity to work with the factories and buy sometimes better than the buying groups were because I was stocking it, which was a really, I thought it was a really important thing to have the product to take care of your customers. And that's how I got my, my second account was the Grand Hyatt Hotel. And one day he called me up and he goes, I'm desperate. I need flatware. And I said, I have it. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's so awesome. I and, and, I'm, and he's changed uh, the gentleman that I dealt with. I've now dealt with for 25, 30 years. Every place he's gone, he's done business with us. That says a lot. Yeah, yeah so. I, think, I think from previous conversations we've had, you've had a lot of longtime customers and people you've worked with. Yeah, I have a lot of loyal, loyal yeah. customers. It's really, it's an honor. Yeah, so what, so for people who aren't familiar with, with what you offer at Bulger Sales, like what, I mean, it's, your inventory is 
huge. My inventory <laughs> is massive. Um, well, I specialize in the tabletop side of it, okay. but we do we do the run the gamut. You know, we do equipment, we do installations, um, but my favorite is the tabletop. So I really concentrate on the glassware, silverware, and china, and all the you know the accoutrements that go that go into putting the table together. And it's. Um it's, I mean, how has it changed over the years? I would say it has. I know it has. I mean, trends have changed or I mean, how do you, I don't know, how do you keep up with it all? I mean, it's been, a, there's been a lot of changes and, you know, not to reveal my age, but, you know, I've been dining out, you know, forever, you know, since the 70s. <laughs> That's you know, good. With, Me too. You know, forever. Yeah, exactly. Forever. You know, and my, you know, I was very blessed. You know, my parents were, uh, loved to socialize. So we were out a lot and, you know, going Going into New York was always a treat, and you know when when I started going out, it was always like a, you know for special occasion, it was always to a you know a fancy French restaurant. You know I went to you know Le Caravelle and the Cote Basque, and when I started eating out, it was an experience. You know you got dressed up, you know, and you went into a restaurant and you saw the restaurateur and just a very very different experience. To you know I mean things have changed and trends have changed, so I think you know we've gotten so far away from that formal dining, you know, and now it's just more, you know, more casual. And I think eating out has changed that, you know, so many people just take it for granted that, you know, you're ha you can go out and just eat and take whatever you want now. Yeah, no, it has, it has gotten more casual. And I feel, I mean, just from my own observations, it's also gotten like a bit, like plateware has gotten more, like cooler or just a little edgier, a little more maybe earthy at some places. It's not all just white plates. Right. White, white now has taken a backstage to all of these new sort of organic shapes. And mm -hmm. you'll see a lot of color on the table now and people are mixing patterns. And I, you know, it's funny, I'm bringing back, I have, of course, going through my warehouse of the thousands of products I've found all this old retro products that people love you know there's mix and match there's putting porcelain with metal and and you know baskets that you can put in the dishwasher it's just materials that we you know I never thought would be out in the market so it's well yeah, yeah they say really everything is, is cyclical so, yeah, yeah exactly bring, so it's, bring yeah. it back they bring it back it's interesting very interesting Okay, so let's take a little break here, and then we'll, we will come back and talk more with Lori. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. This episode is brought to you by Fair Kitchens. The food service industry faces a challenge. More people are eating out, yet restaurants are losing talent. Why is this? Research by Fair Kitchens reveals a serious well-being issue within professional kitchens. 74% of chefs are sleep deprived to the point of exhaustion. 63% of chefs feel depressed. And more than half feel pushed to the breaking point. This can't be ignored. Fair Kitchens is a movement based on the belief that a positive kitchen culture makes for a healthier business. By taking the pledge to be a Fair Kitchen, they'll provide you with free information, tools, and resources to help you take action towards making your restaurant more stable, productive, and happy, which positively affects the guest experience. It's time to act now. 
Learn about the Fair Kitchens Code and join the movement at fairkitchens.com. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Lori Balter. She is the CEO of Balter Sales Company, which is our importers, distributors of glassware, silverware, and dinnerware since 1935, which is like, wow, or 34. 1934. 34. Wow. I know. It's like hard to imagine. Long time ago, right? Long time ago. So how, how exactly do you work with chefs and restaurateurs? They... Do they typically come to the showroom, you sit down with them, or is, is, it, is it a mix and match? It's definitely a mix. Um, we try to get the chefs in and the restaurateurs in together so that we can get a feel for what they're looking to achieve. Um, the showroom now, you know, the showroom keeps changing and we put in, you know, new and unique products. And we also have the uh, factory showrooms that are nearby so that when we don't have everything to show, we make our appointments. But it gives us a first opportunity to really see what the chef's vision is. And it's nice to have both parties together because this way, you know, the restaurateur is worried about a budget and the chef wants to have the, the newest and the greatest. So it kind of like the combination is good to keep them focused in the showroom. And a lot of times we have... Um, the chefs come in, it seems that the tabletop is the last thing that they're looking at before they're opening. So sometimes it's rushed. No, I'm thinking the last thing is PR. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah <laughs> no, maybe. there's... Well, they got to have their plates. <laughs> well, no, no, it depends. It depends on some... I think there's some chefs that, that start very early and then the ones who are probably scrambling a little at the end. No, the end. exactly. Yeah, no, that, that wouldn't be fair to say. Yes, we have some we have some chefs and restaurateurs that are very diligent on being on time and knowing exactly what they want to do and give us plenty of time to put the orders together. But the thing about having product on the Bowery, we can take care of those last-minute openings. We can take care of, you know, if you're putting out a party before your opening, we can get you set up. You know, we may not be 100%, but we can get pretty close. You know, it's, we could fill you 80%. Yeah. So, so are most of your accounts New York City-based? No. Interesting. We are, we're, I mean, we concentrate on the tri-state area, but we go as far as we've done uh, full kitchens and setups in Dubai. Um, I did an interesting project and still doing it in um, Sweden. I had a guy come in on a Saturday who wanted to open a diner, and we put a whole custom order together, and we bought a diner in Florida and <laughs> we shipped everything down and we put on it on a boat and it went to, you know, went over to Sweden. So you bought the whole diner, we bought the whole diner. and shipped he it. He wanted the diner. So we gave him an old school diner. Good to know. Yeah. If anyone wants a whole diner. <laughs> that was, a, that was the procedure. Call Lori. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we've done like boutique hotels in Mount Nevis and, you know, and then we do the mom and pops and, you know, where, wherever you are, you know, it could be Brooklyn, New York. We, we are, you know, we take care of everybody. It's amazing. And so what about the Bowery being on it all these years? Because I've been in New York since 98, and I've seen the changes come and go. But, you know, you have a longer history. It's, I mean... The Bowery has changed, um, but still stayed the same. It seems to be the last neighborhood that just can't not be the Bowery. You know, we they keep changing the name, but it still maintains that that sort of Bowery mentality. We still get a lot of people come down that think they're going to get the best deal because they're 
you know, on the Bowery. So, but we're surrounded by hotels and galleries and great, great restaurants. So I guess it's nice to have a mix of, you know, the old and the new. I agree. There's something about it that, yeah, like you want to preserve what it was or what it is. It's nice to keep a little history. Yeah, for sure. So why don't we play back my question from my last guest. So Mm. on episode 238, I had on Mary Rogers. She's the director of marketing and communications at Cuisinart and Waring. So I asked her to ask you a question. So here it is. I would ask her, how have they how have they kept their business fresh because of the trends that have changed so dramatically in in the service industry? It's a good question. Um, it's keeping up with the trends. Um, you know, we're we're handpicking products now, so and we are taking care of our customers by stocking what we hear that they want, and it's kind of putting a combination of the old and new together and. You know, I like to look outside of the industry for inspiration and, you know, I think with a fresh showroom and you're always moving products and you're rearranging it and, you know, I think you have to pull things together for people to see, you know, what it looks like on a table. You know, I find that a lot of times, you know, if you put five plates lined up together and it looks like a sea of white, you're never going to sell it. But when you take a plate down and you put it with a colored ramekin and you add a little, you know, another piece, it gives it a pop of, of color. And I think that's just, you have to keep looking for new inspirations. You know, I like to look at uh, outside the outside my market. You know, I look at fashion a lot to see what colors are coming, what people yeah. are going towards, you know. That so makes sense. It's smart. It, yeah. So it's not always about inside the food industry. It's kind of looking outside as well. Right. No, that's, I think that's a great way to go about it do you also do you go to a lot of trade shows and events and things like that so yeah we do we do a lot of the trade shows just to see what's out there we um, are always in touch with the the vendors and the showrooms um, you know I take trips to see a lot of my vendors to see what they're doing new products um, we try to go to Europe to see what's going on in Europe and you know we look to India and Portugal and a lot of different places to get inspired. Yeah, I think, I mean, for me too, it's always been travel and going to events and, and being a part of seeing what's out there is, right. is a part of it for sure. And um, it's a little different, but we have my conference coming up that you're going to be participating uh, in. Very excited. Very, very excited. excited too. Host Summit and Social. It's coming up on Monday, January 27th. And which is five days from now, hard to believe. Um, and I'm really, I'm really excited. I've, we're doing a, a panel that's inspired by this show on our industry news discussion. And um, I'm thrilled that you're going to be on that. I'm very excited. Uh, is there's, I don't know, are you, are you, in, I mean, the group we have, we have Rita Jamey and Aaron Arespi and Mark Rosati. It's all different people in the industry. It's going to be interesting to see here all your different perspectives and talk about maybe some hot topics. I th- you know, I think it's really great because it's given me an opportunity to look outside what my comfort zone is and to really hear from other people in the industry what's going on and what's their challenges and, you know, what makes you unique. And, you know, I, I had a funny conversation while you were on it, you know, when we were... Um, doing our pre-panel, you know, yeah. going through things. And it was great because I had 
total misconception about Mark and Shake Shack. And, you know, when I went to eat there, it just gave me a whole different light on, you know, what he did and what the hamburgers were all about. So it was really, it's really interesting. I'm really excited to, you know, talk to, talk to them and sort of hear, hear what yeah. they have to say. So I'm excited. Yeah. Me too. Cause it's, you know, there's a lot of happening in the industry and changes, but getting different people's perspectives and and things that have affected them and their businesses. So, and you have an incredible cast of characters that are coming. It's Thank you know, you. I, I'm really <laughs> very very excited. I'm excited. Yeah, I th- I think the lineup is you know it's it's all past guests. People have been on my show and leaders in hospitality, and um, I think you know I think it's going to be a great day. We have great partners and Me great too. food and beverage partners and um i'm just really i'm really happy to have Walter supporting what we're doing and it just have you involved yeah for me to be able to be in one place with all of those people you can't ask for more i mean yeah, yeah. well thanks and anyone <laughs> who an wants event. to join us come see come, us absolutely the tickets are still available they're going but they're still available so um go to allintheindustry.com and uh get yours and we'll see you there so uh before we take one more break just a i don't know a couple more things we should just want to ask you about like okay. what are the what are what would you say are the biggest challenges for you now or what and the second one is um what what excites you the most i guess about what you do i mean kind of like the best and the The i hate to say but the worst yeah well let's do the best first okay the best thing is watching a chef and a restaurateur walk out happy you know to know that their tabletop is taken care of and it's one less thing that they have to think about and for me you know I'm always amazed. It's it's a funny thing is that, you know, I can't put three pieces of clothing together, but ask me to put a tabletop together, it's not a problem. Interesting. It's just <laughs> something, you know, I I hear what they say and I see the vision and all of a sudden, you know, things come off shelves and I'm putting I'm putting it out and it just makes a lot of sense. Um the challenges um oh god, what are the challenges? Time is always a challenge. Budget is always a challenge. Um, I don't talk about the internet that much because I think you know what we do makes it less of a challenge that we you know provide a, a you know it's face to face and we give a service and and a chef wants to come in and touch the product that he's buying. So I, I try not to look at the cha- you know the challenge part of right. it. I just try to focus on you know the best job that we can do. Yeah, is the does the industry have more women in it? The industry definitely has more women. I mean, I would say more on the uh, on the uh, chef side. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I see um, on my side. You know, it's it's gaining, um, but yeah, I definitely think we're making strides. Definitely. Yeah, and and your your showroom is open to consumers as well. Or there's a part of it that is? the There's a part. Okay. Um, you know, unfortunately, because, um, it, and it's a busy showroom, so we really try, you know, we don't want to disappoint consumers because that's really not, you know, you have to buy, if you, if you go into the big part of our showroom, it's all by the case, and I don't like people to get frustrated, so we try to tell them ahead of time that, you know, if you want to buy small amounts, you know, we give them a dollar amount, you know, just so that it's not uh, a waste of our time. And I don't mean it in a, in a, right. a disrespectful way, but, 
you know, we're really wholesalers. Mm-hmm. So we try to, you know, and, and we get a lot of people coming in at once. So we try to, you know, we really want to take care of the people that are in the trade. Yeah, no, that makes sense. When are you busiest? Is it like, or is it just all the time? You know, it, it's, <laughs> it is busy all the time, but we have a joke that we have this, it's the three o'clock bus. Some some reason at three o'clock every day we um, are bombarded, and I don't know if it's like the bartenders are getting ready to go on shift and they're coming in, they're placing the orders. But it's a you know it's a constant flow. Yeah, I, I, you know we're we're just busy, you know. And if you're not busy with customers in the morning, you're busy taking care of your orders. And you know I have everybody diligent on cleaning up the showroom. And you know it's 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 a good team. We work really really well together. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. Maybe it's the three o'clock. I need to grab my coffee, exactly. you know, to get through the day. And and I'm also going to go buy Velter. That's right. Buy get, some glasses. Yeah, get that checked off the list. So okay, so let's take another break here, and we'll come back, and we will have my speed round game, and then we will talk some industry news. This is on the industry and Heritage Radio Network. Hi, I'm Sherry Bayer, the host of All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm thrilled to let you know about HOST, Summit Plus Social, a new conference for and about the hospitality industry, taking place Monday, January 27th, 2020 at the William Vale in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, New York City. Based on my All in the Industry show, HOST, which stands for Hospitality Operations, Services, and Technology, will bring behind-the-scenes talent in hospitality to the forefront in a live format, featuring guests from some of my most popular episodes, including Drew Nieporent, Rita Jamey, Crystal Mobilieni, JJ Johnson, and Jeff Gordonier. Our event will include intimate panels, one-on-one interviews, industry news discussions, curated lunch conversations, and more. Plus, of course, we will have outstanding food and drink throughout the day, including an energizing closing reception. For more information and tickets, please go to allintheindustry.com. And also, please follow us at All Industry on Instagram and Twitter. I hope you will join us in celebrating our dynamic hospitality industry. Many thanks. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Lori Balter. It's time for my speed round game. So what this is, is I name a couple things and you got to pick your preference. Okay. You ready? I am. All right. Here we go. Eat in or eat out? Eat out. Wine, beer, cocktail, mocktail, or champagne? I'll go with wine. How about tasting menu or a la carte? Ooh. I might go a la carte. Okay. Small plates or large plates? I mean, this this one is meant for you. Small plates or large Small plates? Small plates. Small, Small plates. plates. <laughs> okay. <laughs> communal- I like to try. <laughs> okay. Like, like to try more things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Me too. How about communal table or chef's counter? I like the chef's counter. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Tipping. Pilates or yoga? Pilates. <laughs> Pick that up somewhere. <laughs> Cherish Medi or DBGB? 
Oh. Old. I mean, I unfortunately, yeah. they're both restaurants that were on the Bowery that have closed. But, I mean, they were very popular yes. for a, a, a I, bit. I'm going to go DBGB's. Okay, DBGB. How about two more? Cheese plate or dessert? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I'm going to go dessert. Okay. I'm thinking, I was like all of a sudden thinking she's got to pick the plate. Uh, I know. I, no. I would go for, yeah, I do like both. <laughs> yeah, I do yeah. like both. That's a hard one. And last one's Manhattan or Brooklyn? Manhattan. Manhattan. Love Brooklyn, but I'm yeah. a Manhattan girl. Yeah, that's great. Okay, that's the game. That was good. Fantastic. Easy, easy for you. You just sailed right through that. <laughs> Okay, so industry news, I just picked up an article that was in the, the New York Times, I think the print edition today, but it was online yesterday, um, and it's entitled, Is Restaurant Noise a Crime? Are Critic Mounts a Ringing Defense? And this was by Pete Wells. So, I mean, it's always, you know, you dine out a lot, I dine out a lot, and restaurant noise is always, it's, it's a thing. <laughs> it was in, I mean, he put a lot of words into this, this article on, on, you know, he was saying how uh, so many people comment to him or write to him about restaurant noise and how it's an issue and kind of what are we going to do about this? Yeah, I did read the article, um, you know, and, and I kind of agree with him. I, I enjoy the, no- the noise. I mean, I think that's part of the experience, you know. Yeah. I don't enjoy noise when it's not, you know, when it's that, when a restaurant is not uh, properly uh, insulated or, or whatever, I don't know, the, when the acoustics are not taken care of correctly. But I just think when that's the buzz, you know, if you want to be in a quiet restaurant, I don't know necessarily why you're dining out. Although, you know, you can look at Eater and find the nice 12 quiet restaurants. They do. <laughs> they have started that as right. a column right. um, or as an article. And, yeah, I... It was interesting when you're thinking about it because you don't, I think there is this fine line between it being a too, way too quiet and way too loud right. and you kind of want to f- hit it right, right in the middle. Um, I, was, I was trying to think back of a quote I had heard from Danny Meyer, so I looked it up he's, and he, cause I knew he touched on this and he said something, uh, noise is a lot like salt in the hands of a chef. Too much is wrong and too little is wrong. Exactly. Yeah. You, you got it. Yeah, there's that point. Yeah, I think, you know, if you're sitting at a table and you can talk to the people that are at your table, then the noise level is good. And, you know, again, it's like different nights. You know, you can have a night in a restaurant where there's a big party and it's going to be loud. Accept that. You know, you can either, you have a choice, you can move, you can dine anywhere else. It's, you know, there's lots of choices. I don't know if it should be so restricted. Yeah. I mean, there are times when I've dined in restaurants with other people and you leave the restaurant and then you realize you were screaming the whole time right. and it was it was just that volume of the music or it's, I mean, Pete Wells pointed out how it's not really restaurants in a stuff, what they're doing that's loud is that people are people loud. Are loud, exactly. <laughs> you yes. know, but then with the, with the music and you're trying to talk over the music or you're trying to talk over the table next to you that just adds up and it can be, yeah. you know unpleasant in that way but absolutely but I think dead silence is uncomfortable mm-hmm. really uncomfortable yeah so I don't know it's a, it's a good read I think it's you know I think it's it's never going to be something that completely ever gets resolved or goes away in conversation <laughs> no 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 I thought it was an interesting article as well yeah well so figured it would be good to talk with you about that so there we go um, we're going to take one more break here, uh, but before we do, I just saw that our executive director, Katie Mossman-Wadler, 
had her baby. <gasps> and so I just wanted to wish her congratulations. A baby boy, Wyatt Thorne Porter, born on the 17th. So congratulations, Katie. I'm really happy for you. And enjoy your time off. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Okay, so we're going to take another break. We'll come back. We will have my solo dining experience and the final question. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. It's time for my solo dining experience. So this week, it's at Portali Restaurant. Here's the rundown. The location, 126 West 18th Street in Chelsea, New York City. The concept, contemporary Italian cuisine. The chef and owner, Alfred Portali. So why did I go? Well, because this is Chef Portali's first solo restaurant after having been a longtime chef at Gotham Bar and Grill. My experience. So uh, I was supposed to have dinner with a friend, but she couldn't make it. So I just decided to keep my reservation and show up. Um, and I did. And when I, I offered, though, when I arrived to sit at the bar versus the table because it's a hot new restaurant and hard to get reservations. And so actually the host and hostess, they were very happy. I offered that and I was happy at the bar. It was a great bar to sit at solo. Um, the service was great. I saw the chef when he came out of the kitchen. I talked with him a little bit and it was a good, it was a good experience. So what did I get? I had the pulpet sliders, which are the meatballs with mozzarella and basil aioli. I had a lumachi pasta with short rib, bolognese bianco, black truffle and parmigiano. And for dessert, I had one scoop of salted caramel gelato. So my take, it was a really fantastic meal. So it came with these, the sliders were these two really adorable small little sliders. Um, great little snacks. And then my pasta, I loved it. It was really delicious and a, a nice portion size. Not too big, not too small. And um, I usually, oftentimes I skip dessert when I'm by myself. But I love that they had they had an, an opportunity to get one scoop of gelato or sorbet. So I went for that, and it was perfect, a nice little sweet end to my meal. So the ambiance is they have a large bar in the front of the room, in the front room, and then they have a second back room. It's uh, The whole space is, is modern. It's uh, actually, they took over what was Rouge Tomat, if anyone had gone there. Um, the space has a lot of marble and uh walnut wood and brass touches and then upstairs uh there's a private dining room that 
I noticed when I went on my bathroom visit because it's upstairs. <laughs> okay, so perfect for a solo meal at the bar or dinner with friends at a table, I'd say. Interesting tidbit. So Chef Portali was at Gotham for 34 years. He won three James Beard Awards, received five three-star three reviews from the New York, New York Times, and is also known for his vertical food. Personal fun fact, I had recently dined at Gotham with the new chef, Victoria Blamey. She was last at Chumley's, and I had a really great well, I didn't have a full meal there. I just had a crudo, and it was it was really nice, and it was it was excellent. Um, and she recently maintained their three stars, and the new Portelli hasn't been reviewed yet, so we'll have to we'll have to see how that turns out. But but it's a uh, it was a switcheroo of of chefs, and um, I had great experiences at both. So the cost of this meal was forty five dollars, not including tax and gratuity. Would I go back? Yes, I would. And their Instagram or their website is portellirestaurant.com. Have you been there? I actually have. Oh, you um, have? Yes. Cool. Uh, recently. And um, also had a very nice meal. A little rocky start with the service, but, yeah. um, you know, they made up for it. I thought the food was excellent, and I thought this space is beautiful. I love the bar area. I just like what they did. And uh, I, would, I would definitely go back. Yeah, I think I, I, it, was, it was nice. I, I liked sitting at the bar. Um, and, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I think I... When you're solo, it's the challenge of what to order, and you want to have more things. So I feel like I got a good taste of it, but and I loved my pasta. I feel like I don't know if all the pastas are that amazing, but that pasta, one was solid. I had pasta. It was yeah. very good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's good. Um, yeah, happy happy for him. It's a it's like a big deal that he ventured on this new project. It's fantastic. So, yeah. Okay, so it's time for the final question. So we are doing take two with Melissa Ben Isha. We had scheduled her, but we had to reschedule. So she is going to be coming back and or on on uh, February 5th is going to be our next show with her. And she is the founder of Baked by Melissa, New York City's based brand famous for its handmade bite-sized cupcakes and macaroons. So Lori, what would you like to ask Melissa? Well, it's funny because her store is on my walk every day from the subway to my office. Oh, wow. Yes, so whenever I need cupcakes, that's the place that we go. Um, I think I would, it's kind of like two questions. Um, you know, how, how, Melissa, how do you see the market moving forward? And do you plan on staying focused on your current format? And also, how important do you think the movement of like gluten-free and plant-based products will influence your business? Fabulous questions. Yeah, that's. I, I'm curious to see how she answers all of that. It's yeah, good stuff. I like. I like gluten. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people do, but you do also notice more gluten-free everywhere. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's. Um, well, we'll see how she answers that. Okay. So, and there she's. We're doing. We're gonna have a a a, a, a bite-sized cupcake display at Host that um, I'm excited about. Keep me away from that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. It's like, a, it's going to be a mosaic. Lethal. It's going to be real. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah, so they're, I, um, they're, yeah. They're, and they're pretty. <laughs> and they're, and the, the bite size is, can be a bit dangerous because they're bite size. Exactly. Just like, yeah. They never oh, get all the way to my office. They're <laughs> so small. Right. I can have another one. Exactly. A little taste. Right. But um, that's the show. Well, thank you very much for having me. Thank you for coming on. I, you know, I'm, 
I'm glad that I, I know you now and I've been to the showroom and I we have this connection and you're gonna be a part of post and hearing your story and your background, it's it's fabulous. It's it's very impressive that you've been your your family's business has maintained its status in the Bowery's all these years. So Yeah, thank you. And I'm trying to keep that legacy. Yeah, and Working you are hard. Yeah. you are Working you are hard. so well congratulations thank to you. you. Thank you. So my guest today has been Lori Balter. She's the CEO of Balter Sales Company, importers and just distributors of glassware, silverware, and dinnerware since 1934. Their website is online.com and on social media at Balter Sales. I am on social media at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, at All Industry. My Facebook page is All in the Industry. Website's BayerPublicRelations.com, SherryBayer.com, and AllInTheIndustry.com, where you can go and get your host tickets. Still time. All of our shows are archived at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We are also on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Thanks to my engineer today, Amanda. Thanks again to Lori. And thanks to Mitchell. Helping, helping make today happen. Introduction. Yeah, amazing. I'm Sherry Bayer. We're going to be off next week on the air because we have this conference on the 27th. So taking next Wednesday off, and then we'll be back on Wednesday, February 5th with Melissa, Baked by Melissa. So have a great week. Hope to see you on Monday, and hope to see you back on the air on Wednesday the 5th. And thank you for being part of All in the Industry. All in the Industry is powered by Simplecast. I'm Sherry Bayer, and you're listening to Heritage Radio Network, a member-supported podcast network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. This year, HRN is celebrating 10 years of food radio. For the past decade, we've been taking you behind the scenes of farms, restaurants, breweries, school cafeterias, and more. It's been 10 years, and we're just getting started. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org.